You're listening to Strictly Business Podcast with Lindsay Williams. The JSC has closed its doors for another day, so it's time for the five o'clock shadow. And as always on a Thursday, it's the doubleheader Dream Team edition in South Africa. I don't know where he is, but he's somewhere in South Africa. <laughs> Viv, Viv Govender from Rand Swiss. And I know where David Shapiro is. He's in New York. He's moved from Boston. He's shifted his focus now from Boston to New York. And hopefully, David, you have your laptop and you've been keeping in yes. touch with the markets. Is that the case? Uh-huh. Just about. The only thing is that I've still been invaded by family. So uh. I have to make a way through baseball mitts and soccer balls and Arsenal jerseys and everything and finally get and try get... Uh, my computer and unfortunately i'm i'm not as up to date as i'd like to be i've been up to date with markets but uh anyway i'll bumble my way through let's talk about markets now and viv you've Mm. been fairly you haven't been vociferous but you've 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 made your views known about rishi sunak the prime minister of great britain and he's starting to sort of unravel a bit i think and there's a groundswell of opinion in the uk that this has to be a general election now the bank of england raised rates not by uh, by 25 basis points a quarter of a percent but by 50 basis points today to five percent and people are up in arms about this i don't think people quite understand the Bank of England has one mandate, and that is to protect the currency and the inflation rate. And it doesn't matter what the politicians are doing, having parties uh, when they shouldn't have parties, that sort of thing. But people hate hate the Conservatives at the moment, Viv. But the economic front, uh, 5% interest rates in the UK, quite high. Oh, yes, most certainly. And, uh, look, inflation in the UK, I think, is also quite high. I think the last number they had has the highest core inflation that they've seen, uh, I think, like on record or in recent memory. Uh, so yeah, they they are really in trouble when it comes to inflation. Uh, I don't know if you've so, seen this. There's a there's a an economist that's come out and really been positive mm-hmm. about uh, p- uh, price controls, which I would have thought was something from the 1970s, you know. Yeah. Uh, and but apparently it's like it's really getting steam again. And you know he talked about the uh, supermarkets or something having price controls coming in. This is the side I would think of of a failing economy. If you had a a third world country where they were talking about price controls at the supermarket, you would think, oh, this thing is about to go down. You know what I mean? Uh, this is something you'd see in Venezuela or something you'd see, for instance, in like, you know, like country that's about to collapse. Uh, and yet we've had that uh, from the UK over the last, uh, uh, you know, little while as, as a serious discussion, you know. Uh, so I, I do think that, uh, yeah, the economy in the UK at the moment in real trouble. Uh, I think I've seen the latest polls that if the election was held right now, this would be like a total labor, you know, to uh, wipe out. It, it, it would be last it would be way bigger than Tony Blair or, you know, the, the previous kind of like the big high mark of, uh, of, of labor. So yeah, it's, uh, it doesn't look good for the Conservatives at the moment. No, it really doesn't. And David, on your side of the pond, Mr. Powell, everyone was uh, ticking along quite nicely. And then uh, suddenly Jay Powell comes along and says, no, wait a mm. second. Mm. Okay, we've got inflation down to 4%. Our interest rates are targeted at 5 to 5 and a quarter percent But it's not over yet. We need to get it down to 2%. So we are going to raise mm. rates again. And that spooked the markets last night. It certainly spooked the mm. JSC, which was down 1.5%. So suddenly he throws a little bit of a spanner in the works. I think it's more of a reality check. And the one thing I, we've been critical of him in the past, but mm. I do like the way he communicated this time. He said, yes, we are going to raise rates again. Should the data suggest that we need to. Don't you agree with me? Yeah. Yeah, I, I think, in fact, he's testifying again. It's a two-day... Um, he talks for two days again, you know, two different committees. Yes. And the same message is there. They, they're addressing him on a lot of other issues outside of interest rates, more on the economy. 
and so on. But I think the markets have picked up again. I see the Nasdaq's up, the S&P has recovered. I don't think it was unexpected. I think that uh, I could have written the speech for him. Is it going to be too <laughs> late? Because now we've got six months to go, and they've said two more rate uh, hikes you know, within six months. So when's it going to be? So I think to a large extent, the markets have uh, virtually pushed this aside. I think what, what's uh, up and coming are the results. You know, We've got the results season, which will start uh, from the end of next week. It is the half year. I think that's going to be more important than anything. But he's been more clear this time, you know, and explaining why they're doing it. And that's a lot to do with labor. And the one thing, Lindsay, that I see here all the time is a shortage of people. You know, wherever you go now, I'm talking New York. So, of course, this is one spot in this massive country. But wherever you go, whichever retailer you pass, you know, there's help wanted, help wanted, apply with them. So you can sense that, you know, even the other day we were at a restaurant um, in Boston. Um, what's it called? Uh, Wagamama's, oh, yeah. which is a, I don't know, it's a kind of a fusion Japanese. I don't know what how to explain it, but it's uh, they had two what they call helpers. That's it. Running across this, they were short of staff. They could not find staff. And uh, uh, particularly now that we're going into the holiday season, I think a lot of the temporary labor goes away, doesn't want to do these kind of jobs and so on. But you can sense that there still is a huge demand for not only unskilled people, but skilled people. And that's an issue because uh, tightness in the labor market pushes up prices you know, of labor. We haven't seen that dramatically yet as well but it also gives more people money more uh, people more money to go out and spend so he explained it that way so how they get on top of it i'm i'm not sure you know how do they stop this happening well it's an interesting thing viv will bring you in on this one the disparity between jobs available and skills available i mean you look in the uk they say well we've got all these jobs uh, available and I, yeah. I, I looked down the list of some of them viv and I, there was you know like wind turbine engineer now you're not going to mm. suddenly find a huge pool of wind turbine engineers because it's a relatively new industry so matching up the two is very very difficult so you've got all these people with these jobs available and no one to fill them which is quite strange i don't think i've ever seen it before in my career anyway yeah, but also, I mean, uh, David pointed out, it wasn't just skilled workers. We talk about look, technically unskilled workers, no, restaurant staff, retail staff, etc. Uh, but this has led to a good thing, actually. I, d I don't know if you've seen the stat, but over the last like, five years uh, in the U.S., uh, the bottom quarter of workers have had the highest wage increase of any quartile uh, in the country. So the bottom quarter of workers have actually made bigger increases and that's obviously very good when it comes to things like inequality etc so the fact that we're seeing a shortage right now of workers is forcing for instance we saw um amazon raising wages um it called us uh, walmart raising wages uh you know it's really pushing up the bottom end of the of the pile uh but i think if you look at you know to a certain extent what's happened is the pandemic um kind of made people relook really look at their lives and less of them are willing to take these jobs that they don't really like to do. And you know, some of the stuff, like, for instance, the, uh, the handouts that have helped them, as well as I think it's an underrated uh, thing, the, uh, the, 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 um, the inheritances. I mean, COVID hit the elderly a bit more than most people. And I think a lot of money has transferred across. And also remember that uh, this is the, uh, the baby boomers are hitting retirement at this point in time. Uh, I think we just got past uh, peak baby boomer retirement at the moment. Uh, which means, again, a lot more money flowing towards younger people. So you are looking at a situation where, you know, if you're young, unskilled, and maybe have some other income coming in, you're not as willing to go and do a, a job that you don't really like. Hey. What, what, what I 
can't get my head around um, is I think you've raised very important points, and I mean it, you know, that, that we've come through two years of COVID. We don't quite understand how that affected society. You know, we're guessing at it, but you've, you've brought up points about um, the elderly dying, leaving money. All of these are very relevant. And my, my issue is that I don't think anybody's got a good grip of where we are and why this is happening. You know, and I think, bless the Fed and bless all the economists and the intellectuals around that, I think many of them are guessing and trying to say, this is not textbook, uh, this is not textbook inflation. And I don't think anybody's really got a grip of, of, of where we are and why this is all happening, you know, even Powell. So they're using what's at their disposal. So, okay, we're just going to keep raising rates. Hopefully, we're going to bring some kind of balance into the labor market. But um, I don't know, you know, it doesn't, uh, it's going to take time for this to, to sort itself out. In the meantime, I think the market's just moving ahead. It's going, it's, okay, it is. you know, we, 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 we're just going to move ahead. Well, I hope so. We've had a little bit of a bad run. I think three days down in a row for the S&P. Today was going to be number four. But as you say, it's just stabilizing a little bit. David, what's the, what's the word over there? I mean, you, you must talk to people. Uh, uh, what, do, yeah, what do people yeah. like? Because I know what you like, but what do they like? Do they like what you like? Exactly what I like. Ah, I, you know, I, I'm coming back with quite a few impressions. I mean, this time it's going to be a six-week trip. But what Besides going into AI and having conversations, we can bring this up again. I know this is Viv's um, you know, favorite subject, but I went up to Boston, and I think I spoke to you on Monday about this, Lindsay. When, 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 when I was up in Boston and uh, we went to the city, you know, call it the city, it's like the waterfront. Yeah. Um, I hadn't been there for a long time. I've been going up and down to Boston, but mainly the suburbs. The whole city has transformed. It is completely different. There are all new apartment buildings, new office buildings, all around technology. You know, I'm going to use biotech as being the main source of development in Boston. But there's a lot of other areas, you know, fintech and, um, very, you know, various other forms of finance and, and of technology. Um, VC is very, very big as well, you know, um, which we don't have in South Africa. We don't have venture capital. But, I mean, it's, you know, you, you realize the power and strength of America, how much money is available. And, uh, you know, you, you go through the suburbs there, and I do a lot of running. You see these mansions which have been there. I mean, you, you, can't, you can't believe the size of some of these properties and that. So my point is that you can, you've seen the development, you know, and you've seen what technology can do to an economy, and this is not slowing down. You know, I don't think biotech in any way is slowing down. Um, I have a son-in-law who's involved in it. You know, he was involved in New York in a company. It was bought out by a larger company. Um, and now he's on to his second kind of uh, new – you know, he, he's a CEO of it. In other words, he runs the business. He runs the accounting side. He runs the capital raising by – he is a doctor by – he is a medical man by training you know, who then did an MBA. But but the point, you know, the point I mean is, is it's 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 not slowing down, Lindsay. This is, you know, it it gathers pace, the amount of money going into it, the amount of skill going into it. And of course you've got all the universities in Boston around this, you know, which are pointed towards uh, medicine and the various other forms of, of health. So that's been a 
big, big, you know, made a big impression on me. And I think in New York as well, uh, if I'm rambling on, I apologize. But the other point that struck me, mm, what the other point, and, and Viv will appreciate this, there are something like 18 million expats from India here. 18 million, and they're making their mark in a big way, in, in, in a massive way, in, in different forms of, you know, because they're all well-educated, they're all holding big positions and uh, driving a lot of growth here. If and of course, uh, of course, Modi is, is there at the moment. I saw him conducting a yoga session mm, uh, mm, yesterday, mm. but I mean, he's got Viv, maybe you come in on this one. He has a sort of a cult status in many ways. I mean, he's, he's a divisive character uh, along religious lines, I think, but yeah, he's, he's well thought of. And I, I think they've been rolling out the red carpet for him in the States, Viv. Yes, most certainly. I mean, I do think some of congressmen like uh, AOC, etc., uh, Ilan Omar, etc., have uh, boycotted his uh, uh, speech in Congress. Yes. Uh, but uh, you look, I mean, if you look at Modi, just from in terms of uh, uh, popularity, uh, his party is around about 35-40% in popularity. He's closer to 75% or 80% in popularity. Uh, he's definitely the, the, the driving most popular political figure of a major country anywhere in the world, you know what I mean? Uh, and uh, at this point in time, when you're talking about, you know, uh, geopolitical tensions between the U.S. and China, uh, but obviously what's happening in Russia, etc., uh, you know, he's definitely probably the biggest uh, player that's, that's that's in play, let me say. Uh, you're not going to get the Germans to switch sides. You're not going to get the Japanese to switch sides or the Chinese. But the Indians could be the, the one kind of like, you know, uh, uh, group that is, you know, either one side or the other. You don't know for certain at the moment. I think that is uh, why we're seeing this. I remember Modi was at one point in time banned from entry to the U.S. because of the Gujarat riots, and I think it was 2002. Yes. Yeah. Uh, and uh, but you know, obviously, once uh, you know things are you know important, that people tend to forget about these kind of things. And so, yeah, he's he's getting a very very strong thing. And as David mentioned, you know, uh, huge huge uh, Indian diaspora in. Uh, in uh, the U.S. at the moment, uh, you know, I think according to what I've seen recently, uh, it's by far the wealthiest uh, ethnic group in the country. And we're talking not even like close, uh, you know, it's like double or more than double. In fact, the uh, the average income in the U.S. is it's it's, it's yeah. quite spectacular. But it's um, it's it's also very uh, like I said, the non political uh, kind of thing. Uh, and so I think that is uh, also something that that I think uh, I, the I'm politicians would be in play. Politics, yeah, I'm yeah. not. I'm talking. Simply their impact on, uh, you know, just just on life here, yeah, whether it's in medicine, yeah. whether it's in technology, wherever it is. And uh, across the road from where I stay is the New York Institute of Technology. Uh, it's closed at the moment. Mm -hmm. It's uh, holiday season. But when they come back, you'll find, and, and down the road, a block away, literally a block away is Fordham University, which is probably the third biggest. You know, you've got Columbia uh, New York University, and then Fordham, still a massive, you know, a massive institution, Chinese. I'm oh. not allowed to say Chinese anymore. I've got to say Why Asian, not? you know, but I mean, I, I don't know. I, I didn't know. I, I, I'm always talking geographical area with not, not ethnic. You know what I mean? I don't mean ethnic. I'm talking geographic. 
and uh, a lot of a lot of kids coming there you know to to educate themselves and that mm. and when you go i saw the same thing in boston when i we went out for a brunch with my grandchildren the two of us and that went to a very popular joint and i looked around the crowd and it was exactly made up call it asians indians and uh, a couple of little jewish people like myself and my grandkids but <laughs> what struck mm. me, you know what struck me is that these are all you can see these are all uh, university students are all working in their VACs, and it gives you an idea. And why why I say that is these people are coming here. They could be staying here, and that's going to be a driving force in the economy. They might go back to their own economies. I'm not sure, but they certainly equipped to stay here and and contribute in a in a big way. And I think it says a lot about the people coming in here and the quality of the people coming in. Okay, so it's, it, it's been very important. Without a doubt, and, and hopefully they assimilate themselves into American society and there's not geopolitical tensions and expulsions and things like that. But talking about that, David, and I don't want to get onto geopolitics for more than about another minute, but I want you <laughs> to react to the, the tweet I sent you from the Daily Express in the UK where <clears throat> Joe Biden was addressing a group of supporters in Connecticut yeah. and he was talking about gun control. And at the end, he said, God save the queen, man. And then he tried <laughs> and, he, and he tried to walk off the stage, but he was going the wrong way. And he had to be guided out off the stage. Mm. Now, mm. if this is an exaggeration, mm. I don't know. I don't know if the American no. press covered it but also you've got Blinken in China at the moment and yeah. by all accounts he's sort of calming the waters between the US and China and then Biden in a speech after Blinken's meeting with Xi says Xi's a dictator I don't know I'm seriously worried about him yeah a strong man he called him like a which means he called dictator. him a dictator yeah. did he yeah but uh yeah. he when you talk to people in conversation here, uh, it's a big problem. They don't like Biden. I mean, they anti-Trump as well and deeply, deeply concerned yes. about where American politics is going. Um, I, I think the subject that we haven't really addressed is, uh, and it certainly applies to the more enlightened states, the democratic states, their biggest drawback is this whole uh, LGBT plus whatever you call agenda. Yeah. And we're right in the middle of Pride Month at the moment. And that's having a big impact. And there's a silent, this undercurrent of concern, you know, which is not expressed because uh, if you think that the right wing are militant, believe me, the left wing can be even more militant than that. You know, if you don't agree with their policies, they just wipe you out. And there are a lot of things that are worrying, you know, about forcing these these issues down, you know, um, and uh, for a very small part of the population. You brought in AOC. You know, I think the Democrats have actually nullified or neutered, you know, uh, neutered that side of uh, the Democratic Party and say, just keep quiet, you know, because you're going to lose us a lot of votes. So I think there's a big concern as well, not only about Biden, but also about uh, these agendas. You know, my uh, a, a chap that I was talking to as well at uh, just at a, at, a, at a gathering that he was furious. And why? Because um, at his office they put Tampax into the men's toilet. You know, because of someone, some uh, I don't know how to explain the person, whatever you think, someone who identifies as a man but not biologically a man might want to go into that toilet. 
and their Tampax there. And I think the, the whole response was, just make toilets non-whatever, non-gender. Just have a toilet. Men goes in there, anybody can go in there. And that. But they're furious about enforcing those kind of laws here as well. So I think uh, it's a subject no one wants to raise, but I think it's, um, it's, it's a very big issue here as well. Well, it's the first time that Tampax has been mentioned on strictlybusinesspodcast.com or any radio or television <laughs> or any television or radio show that I've Tampons, been hosting. Whatever you call no, it. No, Tampax is the brand. Tampon is the uh, is the product. Yeah, okay. yeah, sanitary towels, some people call it. But yeah, yeah. I, I do think it's a bit over the top, David. Yeah, well said. Viv, David yeah. has biotech. You have Mr. Price. They came out with a, a trading update today. I don't know if you've had a chance to look at it. Please tell me if you have. Yes, I did. I did. You know, obviously, again, pain from uh, load shedding has come through. Uh, that is a, 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 a perennial thing that we are seeing at the moment. Uh, that being said, the share price is up about 2%. Uh, so the market wasn't too concerned about it. Uh, it's kind of what's to be expected. They're saying that the consumer is under pressure. Uh, you know, again, until this, uh, something we've seen coming through from Standard Bank to, you know, Capitec to African Bank, it, it's, it's pretty much a given at this current point in time. Uh, so yeah, the, the market reacted reasonably positive, so they must be built into the est- estimation around uh, uh, this uh, a billion rounds lost in uh, revenue, 318,000 trading hours lost uh, for the company in the last year. Okay. Well, sorry, last six months. Last hmm. six months. Okay, I, uh, David's gone silent because he's got nothing to say apart from the fact I wouldn't touch. I, I, no, I wouldn't, I look, I I wouldn't touch retail with Archibald. But. <laughs> I'm, with uh. you, I'm with you there. I, I think that I, I've seen you know, retail has recovered, but I think it's really a bounce off a very low position. And uh, I know that a lot of uh, I, I follow Twitter and I follow quite a bit of comment on the South African market and everyone's getting excited that value is starting to emerge and so on. I just I just put up a red flag and say, hold on, just be very cautious. You know, I think this is nothing more than a, a, a trading opportunity from a very, very deeply sold, um, oversold position. And I, I don't know what's going to get us out, Lindsay. You know, I don't know what's really going to change the direction of the South African economy. No, so how many I, times have I, I heard you I say it over the last decade? It has yeah. gained momentum. The pessimism has gained momentum. But maybe just one day we'll just hit rock bottom and suddenly there's nothing more. You can't plumb any more depths. But that's for the future. Meanwhile, let's have a look but at the markets. Point out, sorry. Yeah, go on. I don't, point out, I don't know if David knows, but I mean, uh, you've been away a couple of weeks here. But uh, no, loading has gone down to level three only between four and midnight. If you look at this kind of losses for the last quarter, last uh, you know six months for was the price, and now load shedding is effectively being taken away during most office hours, it could mean a significant rebound. I think in terms of some yeah. of the the numbers in the next uh, six month period. We're talking so. we're talking accounting. Do you know hmm. what I mean? You're not you're not we're not talking structural, and oh, that's yeah. what concerns yeah. me. You know, my um, I I I know from an accounting point of view, yes, you know, you might recover bad debts, banks might recover bad debts. At the end, Viv, I like to look at a at a at a bigger picture. You know, where is it going? Mm. What's the direction of this economy? Admittedly, yes, they can save some costs and that. They're still going to take protection. They're still going to make sure that they've put in uh, solar panels into all the areas oh, yeah. of where they are, and they're still going to make sure that they've got diesel generators. They might not, you know, they, they might not uh, have to fill the generators as often, but it's going to be an issue for for some time. But I'm more concerned yeah. about just about, you know, the, the, the general direction of the economy. Do we have 
the structure, you know, are we going to repair the holes in the roads and everything so that people want to stay there and want to make their future there and invest in it. You know, to me, that, that remains our biggest concern, my biggest drawback. What concerns me, gentlemen, is nothing to do with the economy, but it's sort of yeah. and it's emblematic of what the, uh, the ANC is all about. The flight to Poland with the journalists and the security guards and the complete <laughs> shambles that that was. I mean, surely you phone up the polls and you say, this is what's happening. We're coming to see Vladimir Zelensky and then we're going on to see... Vladimir Putin, we've got some security guards and there's some guns and paraphernalia mm -hmm. in the hold and, you know, declare everything when we get there. Nobody knew what was going on. The, the journalists were stuck on the tarmac <coughs> and they can't even organise a flight to Poland, for goodness sake. It's so easy. You own the airline, for goodness sake. Just phone them up and say do it and then diplomatic channels. But anyway, that's an aside. I want to get onto the markets now because they're interesting. The dollar rand is 18.50, which is a 0.9% rise for the dollar. The British pound against the rand is 23.57. The pound has risen three quarters of a percent against the mighty rand. The euro dollar is 109.60, and that's the euro falling by just about 0.4%. Onto commodities now, not a good day. Not a good day at all getting whacked, getting thumped across the board commodities. Oh. Gold price down 18 to 19.15. Platinum price down $35 an ounce to 9.29. That's nearly 4%. And palladium is down 4.5% to 1,300 on the noggin there. So that's, uh, that's pretty bad. But when you, if you want bad, then have a look at the oil complex. Brent crude oil, $74.39, down 3.5%. Yeah. West Texas crude, $69.47, down 4.25%. Natural gas prices down 1.4%. And so it goes on. So really, really bad day for commodities. And that's probably reflected, despite the week around, in the resources index. David will give us those um, later on. The South African 10-year bond yield is currently 10.69%, which is actually down three basis points. The US 10-year Treasury yield with Mr. Powell, Chair Powell, spouting away again this evening, our time, 3.79%. S&P 500 futures, uh, they're still just fractionally mm. in the red. 44.09 now, exactly unchanged. So well done. They've recovered manfully. Uh, Bitcoin wants to go through 30,000, but can't quite make it. 29,804, up 0.9%. Viv, any stocks that caught your eye today? Yeah, you did mention the platinum stocks, uh, you know, and also, you know, the Sassel as well down, you know, two and a half percent right now. The oil prices really found a, you know, a real sticky level in the mid 70s. It's really not yeah. able to break out of that. Uh, and despite the fact that we are seeing a lot of moves by OPEC and OPEC plus with Russia included to, to at least make sounds about trying to increase the oil prices. Uh, but I think right now, because Russia just is flooding the market in the east with the oil uh and you know demand is weak out of china that uh, you know it's very difficult at the moment okay i'm going to give you I, you know you know the one that 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 disturbs me yes and you can't believe how many gold bulls are still out there and i keep saying why you know you've got gold <laughs> at 1915 <laughs> <laughs> you know and and why are you there and oh no you know i say if 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 under the circumstances over the last three years, gold has not screamed higher. It's not going to do it. You know, despite the fact that every central bank is filling its vaults, I don't see that. I just say, why are you there? 1915, Lindsay. Anyway. I think one of the reasons I, is, David, and this is just, just me being very <laughs> simplistic, is because uh -oh. Russia, which has, has had in the past, historically, huge gold reserves, 
I think it's been generally le leaking it into, into the market in order to fund the war and also its very, very weak economy. It must be mm -hmm. something to do with Russia, the fact that every time gold looks good, in they come and they whack the thing. Maybe? I don't know. Okay. You can say that for oil as well. <laughs> you know, I exactly right. Happening. Yeah, I love Probably this OPEC plus else. thing. Yeah, you've got, yeah. You've got Angola, Nigeria and Russia, and you think they're not going to cheat? Hello? No, no. Yeah. no, no. Okay, on the, on the upside on the JSC, uh, AB and Bev up 2.1%, Richemont up just over 2%, Mr. Price a 2% gainer. I don't know what ALC Invest is, but it was up 1.3%. On the downside, Tungela down just over 4%. A redefine a 3.9% loser, Growth Point, another property company, 3.8% mm. weaker. Alphamin lost three and three quarters and in the red to the tune of 3.4% data tech. David, do you have the JSC indices, please? I do. Go so on, the then. all share index ended down 0.69 of a percent at 75106. Uh, everything down other than industrials, very, very marginally enough, but I would imagine that's because of Richmond and ABM Bev and uh, maybe one or two other heavyweights. Otherwise, everything in the red, particularly metals, as you've explained, I think dragged down mainly by those platinum counters. So you've got your resource uh, index down one and a quarter percent with your basic, your precious metals down over two percent. Financials also down, banks down one and a quarter percent, but industrials holding steady. Property down, you mentioned... Uh, uh, you mentioned Growth Point. You mentioned Redefine. Uh, I see that the listed property index down one and a half percent. The REIT index down also one and three quarters of a percent. So general, I don't know what the volume is. I'm going to look while we're talking. Volume, yeah, moderate. Just uh, effect very low, very low. How First much? Sixteen billion. First round, nice person. That's really cool. Yeah. Anglos is very, very quiet. Okay, now we're going to end the show with Viv Governor's little folly for the day. Uh, he's an aspirant boxing promoter. It's, you know, he's sort of the South African version of Barry Hearn, the, the famous UK promoter of boxing <laughs> matches. Don King, my so Don King. Viv Barry Don Hearn Governor is going to tell us about an upcoming fight that he's very keen on. Go on, Viv. Yeah, two heavyweights, or at least one heavyweight, from what I can see. You know, because fighters are going into the fight. Uh, apparently, Zuckerberg and Elon Musk are going to be, uh, you know, having a, a cage fight. Uh, don't like Musk outweigh Zuckerberg by quite a bit, like I said. He's a heavyweight. Mark Zuckerberg is a. Yeah, he's a heavyweight. Mark Zuckerberg apparently has been really into uh, BJJ, Brazilian Jiu Jitsu. Uh, in fact, his coach is like the number one. BJJ expert in the world, like the world champion. Uh, and he's actually into some competitions and won them. So uh, the must might have the size advantage. I think uh, Zuckerberg has the age and the uh, skill advantage there. Agility. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, but I would say go for two to one odds against. <laughs> Viv, is this for real? Are they actually going to fight? I mean, because this would be the ultimate end of, end of technology and people must go back to basics after this. You can't have this sort of ah, thing, this sort of spectacle. But are they going to do it, Viv? Is this a real story? Or are you just making it up? I, I, I doubt it. I, I think Zuckerberg would be up for it. But like I said, I, he's probably got the, such a massive skill advantage of a mask. It's like yeah. if you were trained by Mike Tyson, you know what I mean? You may not be a skilled boxer, but against the man in the street, you'd be destructive. And uh, so, yeah, I, I don't think Musk would be dumb enough to get into a ring. He, he, he actually played a song called I Am The Walrus. And uh, the strategy is to just lie on top of his opponent <laughs> and do nothing. <laughs> Very good. So, yeah, okay. I don't think he's going to do it. We but should, Zuckerberg would probably kick his butt. We should follow this story with a great deal of interest over the 
coming weeks and months. Uh, Viv Govender is from Rand Swiss in South Africa, and David Shapiro is from Sassman Securities in the United States of America, specifically New York. Gentlemen, thank you very much. That was the five o'clock shadow. The views and opinions expressed in these podcasts are those of Lindsay Williams and various contributors and do not reflect the policy, position or opinion of any other agency, organisation, employer or company associated with strictlybusinesspodcast.com. Assumptions made on the analyses are not reflective of the position of any other entity other than the speaker or the author. And since we are critically thinking human beings, these views are always subject to change, revision and rethinking at any time. Please do not hold us to them in perpetuity.